not a great game for the Detroit Pistons last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but we're probably not going to spend much time talking about that. We had some other things happen within the Pistons community, words from Cage Trainer, and also we'll talk a little bit about Jeremy Grant and his trade future or what's going to happen with him on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. <laughs> Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you have not already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. Even if you're watching this on YouTube already, and you haven't hit the subscribe button, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't, if you're just listening to this on the podcast version, the best way to support the podcast is simply just go over there and, again, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. So the Detroit Pistons had a loss last night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, it, I, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, the score was 128 to 117. Uh, they, the Timberwolves started to stunt on the Pistons a little bit at times, and that's just one of those things that has happened way too many times this year with the Pistons. I, I tweeted this out during the game. It's like like they started to roll dice at the end of the third quarter on the Pistons floor, the entire Pist- uh, uh, Timberwolves bench. And this is one of those things that, like, I feel like this has happened more this year than I can remember in past years for the Pistons. It's just like, as a fan and as someone just watching the games, it, it, it's one thing to lose a game. I just don't understand why so many teams are, like, stunning on the Pistons when they beat them, like clowning them. I don't like it. It's it, it, like You don't understand how sick it makes me feel to see teams literally just start clowning on the Pistons. Not just beat them, but clowning on them. Uh, I, I don't like that. That that sucks. And I feel like the team I, – I, I'm not going to encourage anyone to get into violence with the other team, but, like, you can't keep having that happen. That's just, like, some disrespectful type of stuff. Uh, and it, it's sickening to watch as a fan. I know I saw a lot of you guys talk about it on Twitter. So, uh, but, yeah, it's I, I don't like that. I, I don't like seeing it. But, like I said in the cold intro, um, we're not going to spend much time talking about the game last night. We'll talk about it a little bit at the end. Uh, players that played well, uh, Sadiq Bey, I thought, had a really nice game. Frank Jackson obviously did. Uh, so we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. But there's other things I actually want to spend time talking about that happened before the Pistons game, and that's some words from Cage Trainer Ashton. Uh, if you guys don't, if you guys have Twitter, you guys don't follow him already on there. I'd encourage you guys to go do so. Uh, he's very active within the Pistons community, uh, which is really dope. I think I think it's really cool that Cade has a guy like that who's, you know, it, it kind of is like. You know, he, he doesn't speak for Cade, but if he's saying something, you have to kind of assume that Cade's, like, vibing with it. Uh, and, and this guy speaks very highly of Detroit nonstop. He talks about how much they love it here, how much he loves it here, how loyal the fans are, how much love they've shown them. He co- talks confidently about the Pistons nonstop. Uh, earlier in the afternoon or earlier before the game, he was talking about the Pistons are going to be in the playoffs next year. Just watch. Uh, LCA needs to be packed every game next year. So, He's very active in the community. I really like the fact that Cade and his boys are very active in the Pistons community with the fan base. I think that speaks highly in, in, in the fact that they're like trying to plant roots into the fan base. I think that's really cool. I think that's a big thing moving forward, uh, to be honest with you. I, I do look into it a lot that that he has some some dude, one of his trainer, I should say, really like planting his roots in the city and in, in, in the Detroit fan base and in, in the community. I think that says a lot and, and bodes well for the Pistons moving forward. With sticking with Kate sticking around once you get to that time period, like three or four years from now, when you start looking at extensions and stuff, uh, obviously the Pistons have to build around them. But, anyways, going on a little tangent there. Um, 
there's something that Aston said and you tweeted out that I actually want to talk about and and you know I think it's worth talking about. I think I think it kind of makes some noise here. Uh, like I said, he was on a, a bit of a, of a frenzy tweeting nonstop. Uh, in one of the tweets, he said, um, "There are they." He says that they're going to sleep in Detroit. It's time for change. And then he also says, which he later on went on to say that he's going to end up getting in trouble for this. Uh, he said, "I ain't going to lie, or quote unquote, I ain't going to lie. I'm already recruiting some guys to join the team next year." So that leads me to want to talk about this. Do I think that Cade is capable of already recruiting guys to the Detroit Pistons after year one? I think this is something we talked about on the podcast in the summer when they realized that they were going to be able to draft Cade Cunningham. Uh, I definitely think Kate, having a guy like Cade Cunningham who is respected not only on the court but off the court. You guys see after every game against the likes of Kevin Durant, James Harden. Uh, I, I'm forgetting some of the other teams uh, that he's won against. Who was the – I'm drawing a blank, but multiple teams that have superstar players, star players. You see them talk about Kate after the game in post-game pressers. You see them talk talk to Kate after the game, swap jerseys with him. Like he has a lot of respect across the league. A lot of guys like him. A lot of guys know about him. He's an extremely popular player. And guys really like just seem like they generally like him. So do I think the Pistons or Kate could attract free agents or people to Detroit already after his rookie season? I gotta say, I, I'm I'm calling. I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that, Ashton. I'm 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 not gonna lie, man. I, you know, I, I appreciate the confidence. I appreciate the fact that he's saying that he's already starting to recruit guys. And this is why I'll say from this, Ashton obviously has no power in the Pistons organization. Okay, Let's, obviously everything he's saying, you can take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. He's talking about it a little bit from like our point of view, kind of like a fan point of view. Even though he had, he's connected very closely with Kay Cunningham, which is part of the reason why he's such a good follow, is that he's so close with Kay that you feel like that what he's saying is kind of echoing like Kay Cunningham kind of. Uh, but, you know, if he was talking about trading for a player or do this, that, obviously it's just like fandom, like that kind of thing. But him saying that he's already recruiting some guys, you have to assume, at least I'm going to assume, that that kind of means Cade's also like kind of recruiting guys. Like him and Cade and his camp are like recruiting guys that want to come play in Detroit. And I think that's really cool already. Do I think it's going to be able to happen already? No, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to do that the following or this offseason moving or moving into next season because the Pistons have to prove that they're able to win some games or are improving and make them a, 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 a fascinating, fascinating destination for pe- or players to want to come play to. Uh, but so I don't think it will be half be able to happen uh, in the first season or the second season, I have to say with Kay Cunningham first off season with him. I don't think it'll be able to happen like that, but I do think it's pretty cool that they're already doing that. Uh, at least from his trainer's words, that they're already recruiting guys or talking to guys that want to come play with them. And I do think that that's something that will happen moving forward for the Pistons. I think that's one of the best things that the Pistons, not only about Kate as a player, how great he's going to be, being able to draw that number one overall pick and having a guy at the number one overall pick that's respected by guys already. Like, not a guy that came out of nowhere that, you know, many guys may not know about or dislike. Like, this is this is going to be a very extreme example. But for this is say, for example, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is one of the best players in the entire NBA. Rudy Gobert is an, is an all-star this year. He's might, probably going to be all-NBA player again. He's a f- defensive player of the year. He's an absolutely insane player. But players just don't like him. So when the Jazz got him and he blew up, it wasn't like, oh, God, now we can recruit guys to come play with Rudy Gobert. Guys don't like Rudy Gobert for some reason. That's not the case for Kay Cunningham. Kay Cunningham is very liked. He's a good dude. Guys generally seem like they like him. They talk highly about him whenever they get the chance. And he's a great. Pl- he's going to be a great player in this league. So I feel like this is something that the Pistons will be able to take advantage of. And it's one of the biggest things, the biggest positives about being able to get the number one pick in that specific draft because you're getting a guy like Kay Cunningham who is liked and is talked about 
very well amongst his peers. Uh, so I feel like maybe not this year, but like the year afterwards. Yeah, I think that could happen. Possibly, you know, maybe a guy that wants out or wants to be traded. Maybe he puts the Pistons as a likely destination. A guy who's played with Cade or or has a good relationship with Cade. Maybe they want to go to Detroit because they want to play with Cade. I think that's something that definitely can happen moving forward. I don't think it's going to happen this offseason. I think guys are jumping a little too early. They, they don't want to see the team lose, especially with how good Cade's playing. They want to turn around quickly. I get it. I don't think that's going to happen immediately. I think you're at least a year and a half away from that. However, like I said, I, I do think it's an interesting thing to watch, and it's a cool thing to see, an interesting thing to watch as well, that they're already starting to try to do this recruiting thing, trying to talk to other guys and and develop this like a, you know, try, it, I think it kind of goes together with what he was saying with, you know, that you need LCA packed at, at, you know, next season. You want to show that the fan base is there, that they're going to support the players, that it's a very strong fan base as well with the recruit. I think it goes hand in hand. So I think they're trying already that his camp and his guys are already trying to make Detroit – a fun place to be, a supported team, a t- place that players want to come play with and play for the audience. You know, the Palace of Auburn Hills was an insane place. You saw a lot of players talk about how insane it was back when the Pistons were winning back in the 2000s, how insane of an environment it was, how crazy and how fun of an environment it was the Palace. Like, it was one of the best arenas in the entire NBA. You know, so I think that has to, that goes hand-in-hand hand with what the recruiting process is. So I, I think, I, I just overall, my final thoughts on it, I think it's really cool that Kate and his camp are already trying to put those roots or plant those seeds, I should say, and start, you know, trying to make Detroit a fun place and good place and cool place to come play for and try to develop that environment here. I think that's really cool. And I hope it pays off in the long run. I think it has the chance to because of how good of a player Cage going to be. Uh, so it's something to watch for. Again, if you're not already following Aston on, on Twitter, I think he's an incredible follow, obviously, because of how close he is with Cade and how active he is because of that. His at is Aston the trainer, uh, with D-A, not the the. Aston Duh Trainer. Make sure you guys go follow him if you haven't read it. Again, he's a great follow and ties you in with Kay Cunningham. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk about Jeremy Grant and his trade future. What's going to happen there and what fans should be feeling like right now with a week uh, a week away from the trade deadline. We'll talk about that in the upcoming segment. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in just a week. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your favorite sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football either. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live and real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline. Where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, whether you're listening to this on the podcast or you're actually watching this on YouTube, you just haven't done it yet, hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. We're on our way to 2,000 subscribers. I believe we're just under 500 subscribers away from that. So, again, it's the best way to support the podcast. Again, I want to thank you guys for all the comments I've been getting. I tweeted about it yesterday. I always give you guys major props for this you guys have been very very nice to me man a lot of comments on youtube a lot of dms on twitter reaching out let me know hey we like your content we love what you're doing daily grind and all that kind of stuff we appreciate you like all that stuff man i really appreciate it. i love hearing it from you guys i love that you guys are enjoying listening to the podcast every morning every night whenever i release it uh, and also i want to apologize a little bit for the schedule over the past week and a half or so being kind of unorthodox uh, you know we're I- i'm i'm wanting to get back to every single morning it's dropping I know we didn't have a podcast on Wednesday, so we're going to have a mailbag on Saturday. 
If you listen to this, comment or send me a tweet uh, on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Or if you want to go over to the YouTube channel, it's probably the best way to do it. Go to the YouTube channel, comment underneath one of the videos, a question you have for a mailbag this Saturday. Uh, so we're going to do that. And then hopefully next week we get back to being able to have each podcast Monday through Friday in the morning uh, promptly for you guys who drive to school or dropping kids off at school or driving to work, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to try to get back into that. Uh, try try not to let things get in the way of that. And we're, we're going to get back into that. I promise. I'm sorry about that, though. Uh, but Jeremy Grant. So Jeremy Grant obviously is at the forefront of all the trade rumors across the NBA. I feel like I feel like he's the most talked about name. Obviously, he's the most popular name right now being talked about in trades nonstop. Uh, he's been linked to multiple teams, the Kings, uh, the, the, the Knicks, the Hawks. You, you have it all over the place. The Bulls like literally like I believe the report a few weeks ago was that almost every team has called about him. Like he's a t- player every team would want. Uh, and I just want to give you guys like some like to talk to you guys individually about this uh, because I've seen a lot of you guys start freaking out a little bit. I've seen you guys tweet at me. You guys have commented at me on YouTube about this. So I, I just want to talk about this, give you guys a little clarity on this situation and help, help you guys calm down, have a little patience as this plays out. So on the last podcast we recorded with Bryce, I told you guys that it's incredibly likely that the Detroit Pistons are playing Jeremy. It is playing Jeremy, I should say. These games, the last two games and however many more, I believe they have two more games until the trade deadline on the, the what is it, the 10th, I believe? Yeah, I believe they have two more games until then. Uh, they're, they're going to play Jeremy Grant during these games. It's very likely, not because they believe he's a part of the future, not because they want to see how he looks with Kay Cunningham and how he fits with everybody if they can combine these guys. I'm telling you guys right now, it's incredibly likely that they're doing this to showcase him to other teams. Remind you, he d- is coming off of a thumb injury. They want to show that he's healthy and he's able to play and he has a stamina back and the hand or the thumb injury isn't bothering him. They need to show that. That's one. Two, they need to show off that he's, you know, you know, it, I'm not going to say like five games is enough of a sample size to flip a team over and be like, oh, these five games, he must have been good. So I, let me go ahead and trade the house for him. That's not what it is. But you want to have in the forefront of teams' minds, you want them to be able to see him on the court playing well and have that at the forefront of guys' minds. Like, okay, this is what this guy brings. You know, I feel like that helps as well. You want to try to raise his value as much as possible and show guy, show teams as the deadline's approaching, not have a guy sitting out where you have to kind of like, you still have the games before, like the games to, to go rewatch and stuff, the tape, but you don't want guys kind of like questioning, okay, what's he going to be like when he gets back? What's he going to look like when he gets back from injury? Is he still this type of player? Can he do this? Can he do? You don't want that those questions hovering around. So I think you guys need to understand that it's incredibly likely that the Pistons are doing this on purpose to boost his value and to show teams that he's healthy and indeed is ready to play and contribute to a contender immediately. So I, again, I think that's incredibly likely that that's what's going on. That's one, two, this last game against Minnesota Timberwolves. I think he had a nice game. He had a fine game. I think it was one of his best games defensively. He made some nice passes, honestly, getting to the rim. He showed, you know, I, I think it was one of his most well-rounded games since being a piston. Um, he was making nice passes on kickouts. He was getting to the basket. He didn't have many mid-range pull-ups, even though they increased a little bit in the second half of this game. Um, but overall, I thought this was one of his best games, well-rounded games, I should say. Played really great defense coming off the help side, on ball. Uh, he was attacking the basket, not settling for jumpers, uh, getting to the free throw line. Excuse me. I, th- I thought that was I thought that was great. Uh, I-, I thought it was a really good, well-rounded game. So, after this game, I saw a lot of you guys saying, you know, oh, you know, he's playing so well. I, maybe I, we shouldn't get rid of him. Uh, oh, he, he actually is playing a little bit off ball. He's fitting well with Sadiq somewhat. Maybe we should just keep him. 
Uh, I just want to remind you guys. The point of trading Jeremy is because he's a good player and he's at his peak value. Like him playing well should not change your minds or should should matter to you guys about whether they should trade him. It should not matter to the Pistons him playing well about trading because we know Jeremy's a good player. It's not like that the Pistons were deciding to trade a bad player and now all of a sudden he's playing good. It's like, oh, okay, let's keep him now. Now he's actually good. No, Jeremy's a good player. That's why he's sought after. That's why his value is so high, apparently, to the Pistons. Because they know he's a good player. And because NBA teams know he's a good player. So him playing well should not change your minds. It should give you guys confidence that teams are seeing that coming off an injury, he's still he's still good and he's fine right now. For the final push to the playoffs, he's not hurt. He's fine health-wise, stamina-wise. He's able to contribute immediately. Hey, and look at this. He's capable of making some kickout passes. Oh, look at this. Look how good he is defensively showing this off. Oh, look what happens when he goes to the basket and, and, and asserts his dominance at the rim instead of settling for jumpers. Like, those things shouldn't be reasons, I feel like, for you to want him to now stay with the Pistons because we everyone knows he's a good player. It's not like this is something that's coming out of nowhere. That's why he's try, That's why the Pistons are trying to trade him. That's why so many teams want him because he's a good contract right now, a good value for a team that's trying to make the playoffs, and he's best served as like a third option on a contending team, and many contending teams would like to have him, and the Pistons are able to capitalize on this high-value asset Right now, it's not some depressed value or depressed asset that all of a sudden is playing good now. Now you don't want to trade him for a nickel or something. That's not what's happening here. So Jeremy playing well, whether he continues to play well these next two games that the Pistons have, that should make you guys elated and very excited about the Pistons being able to trade him and possibly his value staying where it was and teams being more interested in because he's showing he's healthy and he's showing he's able to contribute immediately. I don't, I don't, I, I just don't get why, uh, you know, I saw a lot of people. Oh, look how well he's playing now. Uh, maybe I, we shouldn't get rid of him. No, the whole purpose of trading Jeremy is because he's good. That's like, that's like the whole point. Him playing good shouldn't be what dissuades you from trading for, trading him. Like I'd, I'd be more worried if he was bad. If he, if he came back and he was struggling to score and he was struggling to play, then I'd actually be worried about wanting to trade him. Maybe then I would be like, okay, you maybe want to hold on to him because then his value was probably would be down. Teams wouldn't want to give up a lot of things for him because he looked like his injury was still hurting him. He wasn't back full health-wise and all those kind of things. Then I'd actually be in that camp of, okay, maybe the Pistons should just wait to the offseason because now you'd be uh, getting rid of a depressed-valued asset. Then I, I, that's when I'd understand it. I don't get it now that, you know, he's playing well in the last few games. He's looked fine. If he plays really good the next two games, you guys should be ecstatic because that means teams will see that he's a good player still. And the injury's not hurting him, and they should want him. Like, I, that's that's where I stand on it. I It was just a little confusing to me and something I wanted to talk about. And you, you guys got to be patient. I know I see a lot of you guys in the comment section on Twitter freaking out because the Pistons haven't traded them yet. You guys have to understand. The way this thing, these things work, the Pistons are going to put pressure on these teams in the final days leading up to the trade deadline. They're going to try showcase Jeremy off the best way possible, as much as possible leading up to this draft, or not draft, the trade deadline. Show him off as much as possible. So teams, hey, this is the guy you could have. Look at this. He could help you. you all of you guys needing a content, uh, needing an extra guy to compete for a championship this year. That seems like it's wide open on both sides of the conference. Hey, look at this guy. He could be the difference maker. Look how good he's doing. Look how good he's playing. Look how good he is health-wise. You could have him. They're going to put pressure on them towards the final. They're going to try and make this a bidding war. There's no need to try to accept a trade right now that maybe is a low ball offer because they think they can try to get away with it early. When you get closer to the deadline, teams will know, okay, I'm competing with this team. They haven't bit yet. We're, either we want him, either we're going to shut up and part, give him our money or we're not. Like there's no more of the little bluffing, trying to get a low ball offer. 
oh, God, we only have a day left. There's 24 hours left. We've seen how good he's played. We're trying to win a championship. He can do it. And we know there's other teams competing for the same guy that could possibly win a championship. Now we have to try. If, if we want him, it's time to put up our money and shut up. That's how it's going to work. The Pistons are putting pressure on teams here. Now, does that mean Jeremy's 100% going to get traded? No. I've told you guys I 100% believe he's going to, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys it's a 100% done deal. He's gone. But what the Pistons are doing right now makes complete sense. It, I This is exactly what I thought they were going to do. I didn't think that Jeremy would play. I thought Jeremy was done in the Pistons uniform. I didn't think they would ever play him, but I didn't think they were going to get rid of him before like the deadline. I thought they were always going to put pressure on the uh, on teams around the deadline. Six days to go. Teams are still going to try to call your bluff. Teams are still going to try to low ball you, try to get out, get that uh, that deal with you before the trade deadline. But once the trade deadline really starts coming, 24 hours, 12 hours, six hours, one hour, that's when teams will realize, okay, they're not biting in this. If we really want this guy and want to stop him from getting to another one of these containers that could possibly hurt us, either we got to shut up and give our money or we just got back out of this. And it's like it, it could be that every team just backs out of it and says, you know what, we, we can't get him. We can't give up this much. But it's also just as likely, and I would all, I would actually say even more likely that teams will once the, it comes around to the trade deadline, teams are going to show up and give their money and do what they have to do to get Jeremy once they realize the Pistons are biting on any of these low ball offers that maybe they could be getting right now. So those are just my overall thoughts on the whole Jeremy thing. I, I've seen it talked about a lot. I know James Edwards of the Athletic was talking to Jake Fisher of of Bleach Report on like some, I think the app was like halftime app or something. Uh, they they were talking about you know trades and. I guess some of you guys were were kind of pessimistic based off what you guys heard in that because, you know, the Pistons aren't rushing to make a deal right now. That's not that's not new news. Everyone knew the Pistons weren't rushing to make a deal right now. They weren't going to just trade Jeremy for nothing. That's that's common sense. They, that, that's not news. That's not something to be pessimistic about. They're not going to trade Jeremy unless they get what they want. The thing is, I believe they're definitely going to get what they want. If they don't, I guess they will hold on to them to the, to the offseason. But I really – I'm seriously, guys, I, I really don't think that's going to happen. I really do think he's going to get traded. If he doesn't, I'll be wrong, and we can do something. That's not the one-chip challenge because, again, <laughs> I've had some of you guys ask me to do that if he doesn't get traded. I have to host a podcast, still. If I'm sitting here on the podcast, <sighs> like if I can't <laughs> I can't do the podcast if I'm like that. So it has to be something that I can record the podcast while doing. Like, I can't be that, guys. But I really do believe he's going to be traded, and I just want you guys to be patient, calm down, relax, and the better he plays, the more – comfortable you guys should be feeling about him possibly being traded just relax we got six days to go it's gonna be fine it's gonna be straight when we come back we'll talk about some of the things we saw from last night's minnesota game to be honest i i I did watch the entire game but it's not much to take away from in this game i feel like uh we'll talk about how well sadiq played and frank played but this is a one of those games you'll just forget about probably like a week from now uh it wasn't that big of a deal uh, but we'll hit on some things, especially because Cade was out. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about some of the good things we saw from this game in the final segment. Uh, but first, I have to tell you guys about one of your sponsors, one of your guys' favorite sponsors, Built Bar. It's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include a Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution. Because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars that can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. But like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate at? Well, Built Bars are actually covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. 
So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugar or calorie-filled treats and replace them with built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new and limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. So again, go to Built.com, but this time use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's LOCK15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. And again, I want to thank you guys for all the kind words you guys have given me this week. I feel like every now and then, like the, the kind words come out of nowhere. Like I'll get a few every now and then. And then just like one week, it'll just come out of nowhere. I don't know if it's because I have a really good podcast or like, I don't know what it is. I must be doing something right. Um, so I, I really do appreciate all that from you guys. I, I do. Uh, but let's talk about some of the things we saw from this Minnesota Timberwolves game. So, you know, let's go ahead and get the bat out out the way first. Kelly Link played awful. He was horrific. Not only was he horrifically defensively, like he he wasn't even guarding anybody multiple times in this first half. Like there was multiple possessions where he just was in no man's land not guarding anybody. Uh, and, you know, Kelly Link's not supposed to be some great defender. He's not even like a good defender. But he should, you should never be able to do that. And then also offensively, he was just really bad. Uh, he had some really bad turnovers, tried dribbling the ball up the floor a few times. I don't know what's going on with that, him trying to pull a point Olenek kind of thing. He's been doing that a lot since he came back. Uh, he's only been ga- back for two games, so yeah, he has to be doing it a lot for me to say. He's been doing it a lot since he came back, and like a two-game sample size. Uh, so a really bad game for him. I actually saw him, he like he hit the side of the backboard in one of his threes. Like It was just an overall horrific game for Kelly Olenek. Um, Killian Hayes had a really bad game, too. Uh, he never got into it. He was visibly frustrated multiple times in this game. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, he looked like he got frustrated with doing Casey a few times. He got frustrated with Trey Lyles on multiple occasions. I don't, I don't know what was going on with that, but he played a pretty bad game. He wasn't assertive. He was pretty passive, uh, not really trying to get his own own buckets, which we've seen from him the last few games. He was trying to get his own score. Uh, so definitely a passive game from Killian, not, not a really good game you want to see from him. Uh, Ronnie Magruder started. That, that should tell you guys all you guys need to see there. That was not a fun experience. Um, and Corey Joseph didn't really have that same impact that they've been wanting from him, this aggressive scoring type of role, which I told you guys, he's just not equipped to do that. He'll have an 18-point game now and then, but then other games will have six, six, six in that role. He's just not that type of type of dude that can fill that type of role. And they really, if they really want that, they should get one before the tread deadline uh, because Corey Joseph trying to be forced into that role is going to be painful for our eyes to watch the rest of the season. Uh, but after that, let's talk about some of the positives. So Frank Jackson had a tremendous game off the bench. He had 25 points, three, bal- three rebounds, three assists on tw- in 27 minutes off the bench. Played amazing. Played great. Um, Frank Frank is very hot and cold, uh, but when he's hot, he's extremely hot. He, he gets out there and he starts hitting everything. He's very aggressive out there. Uh, again, I, I really like where Frank's at right now. I've called Frank probably the best pickup from Tory Weaver, and he's not the best player that Tory Weaver's gotten. But remember, this dude was like a, a two-way contract. He was a dude that people thought were going to be out the NBA kind of thing. Uh, he was never thought to be anything. And his beginning of his Pistons tenure, they were trying to run him at point guard during case he was, and he was playing awful, and he was out the rotation. They moved him to off guard, asked him to be a scorer, and now look, I really do think at the value he's at, the contract he's being played, and how the Pistons picked him up, 
I think that is the best value for value thing that that Toy River has done easily. I think it's better pickup if you look at in those kind of like lenses, better than Jeremy Grant pickup, better than Sadiq Bay's pickup because you had to trade stuff for him. Like if you're looking at strictly for like how you got them and the value that you have them for, he's on a cheap contract and the Pistons got him through a two-way contract. That's a tremendous fine. Uh, do I think Frank's going to be some big role in the Pistons when they start wanting to win legit, like contending kind of thing? Probably not. He'll be like an eighth guy off the bench. I feel like at that point, uh, because he's not a very good defender, he doesn't bring anything else to the def- uh, to the table outside of scoring. And when you're a hot and cold guy like that, that only brings scoring, it's hard to be like a mainstay, I feel like, in a contending lineup. However, I think he's a piece that you can have on your team. And I think he's a long, and he'll probably be on the Pistons unless he's throwing for a trade, which a lot of teams probably would like Frank Jackson. Um, I just think he's a really good pickup that Troy Rivers gotten for the Pistons. And it's, it's fun to watch him every night because of that, knowing that, you know, this guy was a two way contract guy and he's worked himself into being a decent guy off the bench, one of the best peer scorers on the team for the Pistons. Uh, and again, they got him through a two way contract. So that's a really good find. And that's why makes it a lot more fun to watch him when you, when you think about it that way. So a great game from Frank Jackson there. Um, wanted to give him a little bit of love. We haven't talked about him a lot on the podcast, so that's why I wanted a little spiel right there. I wanted to give him a little bit of love there. Um, Jeremy Grant, again, like we talked about in the last segment, he had a fine game, 20 points, five rebounds, one assist. Uh, again, aggressive to the basket, really good defense out there. That was one of his best all-around games. And the guy I really want to talk about – sorry, I just hit my mic. Um, Sadiq Bay. I thought Sadiq Bay had probably his most – well-rounded game as a Detroit Piston. Maybe not his best game. You want to include that the games when he goes for 30-plus because you like points. But I think this was easily the most well-rounded game I've ever seen from Sadiq. He was taking threes. You weren't – again, this is something I want to keep hammering home with Sadiq when it comes to scoring. You have seen him almost completely eliminate these little ISO mid-range shots, and it's completely helped this game. He's getting to the basket. He's getting free throws. If he's not doing that, he's taking threes, and he's in transition taking threes or at the rim. Like, it's, it's right there. It's either at the rim or he's at the three. Every now and then he'll mix in, like, a floater. I know he hit one mid-range, but it wasn't. it's not some big part of his offense now. It's taking it to the next level. And something that he did tonight, which I hope uh, – that's, that's, like, something you want to see him develop in his career. But he had eight assists tonight. He had four assists in the first quarter. He was using his gravity as a three-point shooter and attacking closeouts and making the right read, taking one dribble inside a closeout. As soon as the guy sucks in over to try to stop the dribble drive, he kicks out instantly. Frank Jackson probably helped with a lot of that because he was hot tonight. Um, also, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant was really hot towards the first half of, uh, in the first half of this game. Uh, but, but that speaks to Sadiq picking up on how he can impact the game. He's learning. You can see him learning as the game goes on, game by game by game this year. And I've really liked watching Sadiq learn this year uh, again you guys know I was critical of him in the offseason what he was trying to do critical of what he was doing at the beginning of the year but after he Jeremy Grant got hurt he completely got rid of what he was doing at the beginning of the year and he went into things that should make you very happy about his future and you can see him picking up on things game to game to game uh, he's not a great finisher but he's a good enough a good enough guy getting to the rim to where he's drawing fouls and keeping defenses honest he had 13 rebounds as well 21 points 13 rebounds eight assists that's a great all-around game from him passing-wise, scoring-wise, active on the glass. Uh, and that's one of those things that, that you know, I think should make the Pistons okay with moving on with Jeremy Grant as well, is that Sadiq is a damn good rebounder. Uh, he's averaging 5.7 rebounds this year. Jeremy Grant, Jeremy, that's one of the, the areas that Jeremy Grant really struggles with is rebounding the basketball. Uh, he's not active on the glass at all. He's, he's kind of slender. 
or, or tiny, I guess I should say. So he doesn't really get on the glass. And he's not really strong enough to battle down there. Um, so I, I really like the fact that he's able to be a decent, a, a pretty good rebounder, Sadiq Bay, uh, for the Pistons. He's constantly battling down there for the Pistons, uh, which is really good to see. Like if you look at, if you look at Sadiq Bay's total rebound percentage compared to Jeremy Grant, you got Sadiq Bay's at nine point two percent. Jeremy Grant's is at seven point seven percent. So again, I, I just think that Sadiq Bay is a much better rebounder than Jeremy Grant, and since he looks like he plays better offensively at the four. Uh, if you want to go undersized with one of these guys, it's a guy who's a better rebounder, stronger, and is willing to battle down there. I think that's Sadiq Bay. Uh, so a great game from Sadiq Bay, basically, is what I'm saying. I loved what I saw from Sadiq. Sadiq is having a, himself, a, honestly, a great year, I feel like. Uh, the first half of the season, or the first 26 games, obviously was really rough. But that it looks like that needed to happen for Sadiq to realize what he should be doing and how he can impact the game. And if that's what it took for him to get to where he's been the last, like, what is it, 25 games? If he does this the rest of the season, this will be a great season for Sadiq. I absolutely love what I've seen from him, and he's absolutely proven himself to be, like, number two on the priority list after Cade. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to be a number two option moving forward. He'll probably settle in as, like, a number four option when the Pistons are contending. But as of right now, he 100% is, at like, a number two priority list right now for the Pistons, and, I, I, and that's really good to see. I love what I've seen from Sadiq. He's actively learning, and that's what you want to see from him. Um, but that's all I've got for you guys today on today's podcast. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. Make sure you guys make Lockdown Bets your second list of every day, every single day, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you guys for listening today. I really appreciate it. We're going to have a mailbag podcast on Saturday. So again, make sure you guys get your questions in. I'll remind you guys again on tomorrow's podcast, but you know, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the game. I'll be at the game tonight on Friday. Uh, I believe they're going against the Boston Celtics. I'm forgetting right now. I believe it's the Celtics. Uh, I'll be at that game tonight. Hopefully Cade plays because I, I, you know, it'll be a little bit more of a fun event if Cade's playing. If he's not, it's not going to be as fun for me. So if you guys are going to be at the game, you guys want to see me, you guys want to meet up with me, let me know. Hit me up on YouTube or on Twitter. I'll try and meet up with you guys if you guys want. But until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Go Pistons. And stay safe. There's snowstorm out here in Michigan. If you live here, it's been crazy. So stay safe out there. I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody.